It's a big, big week in the tech world as the most anticipated event of the fall returns. Also, Apple's holding an event. But first, it's the Pundit Showdown. Again, everyone, I'm Philip Michaels, host of the Pundit Showdown, the show that pits the brightest minds of the tech world in a contest to determine who can come up with snappy answers to stupid questions. Let us meet our panelists for this week's show. First off, he is the resident Mac editor for iMore. You'll also find his work on such sites as Macworld, MacLife, Mac Format, and most recently, Tom's Guide. What a great site to write for. It's Peter Cohen, everyone. Hey there. Hello, Peter. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. We are recording this on Labor Day. Yes, indeed. And uh, so thank you for taking time out of your, 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 your busy schedule. Big Labor Day plans? Not at all. Taking, uh, taking some time today to, to spend with the family and enjoy the lovely weather here on Cape Cod. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's meet our, our other panelists who's uh, big plans this morning. We're working with Comcast to restore her internet service before uh, <laughs> before recording. She is the executive editor of Macworld. After she's done with this this stupid show, she'll be heading to Oakland's Fairyland, and my my four year old daughter has recommendations on everything <laughs> that she should see. Hello. Hi. How are you today? Good. Uh, I've I have built your plans already, so I don't know if there's any need for us to banter about them. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. All right. Our next panelist is uh, another returning guest to the show, though I don't think he's ever been on while I've been hosting. He is a uh, columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. He is a beloved internet personality. Um also, uh, one time he and I were at a uh, work dinner with colleagues, and we did a duet of uh, songs from 1776 that few people appreciated, much to their uh, much to their shame. It's Andy Anatko. It's not that our rendition was unpopular; it's just that our fan base is becoming more selective. Exactly. <laughs> How are you today, Andy? Big plans. Uh. I. I heard sous vide was in the uh, was in the. I got uh, I got I got, the, I got a real nerdy day planned. Not only like cooking burgers in the most nerdy way possible through a, sous, a phone controlled sous vide cooker, but also this is. If you can hear that, this, this is my, this is an audio this, presentation, so that's good. Exactly. <laughs> this this we're, we're doing a theater of the mind here. My, I have my Disney Pixar Wall-E uh, Lego Ideas Lego set, six hundred and seventy seven pieces, and I'm going to build it this afternoon. Mm. Make sure that you sous vide the burgers and assemble the Legos and not the other way around. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, theater of the mind, we have a, uh, uh, another, another guest, another panelist making his debut. He is a playwright. He is a podcaster. He is about to unleash the incomparable radio theater on an unsuspecting world. He is disappointed that Susie's internet uh, started working again because otherwise he was looking at a third place finish. <laughs> <laughs> It's David Lore. Hello. David, good to have you. Good to be here. Do you have big Labor Day plans? Uh, well, we are also going to be building Legos, although they are Scooby-Doo Legos. I Sweet. This is the first that I have heard of the association between Labor Day and uh, Legos. So, the uh, form of I, labor. 
I thought it was Lego Day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, let's um, let's begin the show. Um, Here's how it works. I'm going to ask all of these people questions. Uh, They are going to provide me with answers, and uh, I will award one point, two points, three points. I can also deduct points if I'm feeling uh, salty. So let's start with our first question. It's all about this. Today, we have some amazing products to share with you. And we think, at the end of the day, that you will agree that this, too, is a very key day for Apple. That was Tim Cook uh, just about a year ago. And as we record this, we are 48 hours away from the 2015 edition of Apple's September event. And when that event occurs, what will be the one thing you're hoping Tim Cook reveals by the time he walks off the stage Wednesday morning? Let's start off with Peter. I'd like to see a giant Apple logo in the center of the floor upon which all the tech journos gathered uh, in the center will start to levitate around as their black gems in their in their hands um, uh, uh, flash, and then they'll get zapped like moths as the crowd shouts, renew! Boom. <laughs> <laughs> a dark vision of the future from Peter Cohen. <laughs> Susie! Um, I'm just hoping that the release dates are staggered enough that I'm not going to keel over trying to cover it all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, an Apple TV upgrade. Andy. Um, I'm hoping that Watch 2.0 is not a huge feature of the event because I've got like this, I've got an 8,000 word finally Apple Watch review that's going to drop next week. And if it invalidates all of that, I'll be really bummed out. But what I'm really hoping for is a, a, an actual game plan for the iPad because the rate of sales is going down. We're all looking forward to iPad Pro. We don't want to just see, hey, look, we had an iPad and we made it bigger. Now that Microsoft Windows 10 is actually good on tablets and now that there are good tablets that cost about the same as an iPad, I want Apple to say, here's how you should really do a tablet and here's why even if you are a Windows user, you don't want to buy a $600 Dell or HP tablet, you want to buy one of our iPads. At least two of the three answers thus far have been, don't make my life more difficult, Apple. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't have Uh, journalists (laughs) on the show. Our lives are are so difficult as it is. So let's see if that trend continues with David's first ever Pundit Showdown answer. (laughs) Well, um, yes, I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't make my life harder. Um... I mean, but I'm not isn't, worried. Isn't that, but... isn't that true of every single tech announcement? Oh God, there's an OS update. Please don't break anything that I need. <laughs> oh, this is true. This is true. Uh, but no, I'm not worried about phones or pads or even watches because I'll have a watch someday, but I don't have one yet. But um, I I want something to go on with the Apple TV. I want um, I want to promise a good uh, cord cutting alternative. Finally, I, I want my stations a la carte, and I want, if I can't have that yet, and I don't think we'll have it yet, at least a Sling TV app that works so that I can introduce my Amazon Fire Stick to a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, a brutal ending to just sort of book out, book in that uh, uh, question. Let's move on. If the rumor sites are to be believed, the iPhone is about to get another color. 
namely rose gold, as, as previously seen on the Apple Watch. What color do you hope you'll see when the next iPhone makes its debut, possibly as soon as Wednesday? Let's start off this time with uh, Andy. Uh, I want all of them. Uh, I, I want to, I want a phone that's iridescent like a scarab beetle, so that every <laughs> no matter what angle you look at it, you see every color there is. It would be a Apple has been having some really boring like case designs lately, and secondly, it would be a nice nod backwards to the classic color logo that we all like and represents part of Apple's heritage. Uh, comes in colors pink and pleasant, glows in the dark because it's iridescent. Let's go with David Lore this time. No well, points! Oh my god! I gave you points. You had points. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I'm not hearing. You were so the busy talking. You got not, three points out of that. I, I'm sorry. I, I was. I was. I was. I was looking at the big board. I did not see the scores updates. You should maybe take this a point is, away. You, yeah, uh, I think. I think so. Point off from Renato <laughs> and point off from. Susie I'm just. For I'm just. No, I'm, I'm just saying. There. I, I, if if you know if there if the if the umpire is calling a lot of strikes, I'm going to adjust this where I where I aim my strike zone. So I'm calling. So I'm throwing more strikes. I, that's all I'm talking about. Here. David, why don't you rescue the show? My my third place plan is in is working. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I that you know great minds think alike. I was thinking that. Uh, Apple's helped to develop their own special aluminum, right? Boom. Why not develop their own prismatic glass that lets it be all colors depending on the angle? You hear that, Andy? Those were points being awarded. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dear. Peter. My goodness. Purple. Okay. Purple all the things. <laughs> Just purple, Peter? Just purple. You know, I, okay. I'm feeling very princely today, so purple all the things. <laughs> all right, Susie. <laughs> I'm going to go with product red. I think uh, I think really the phone should come in all the colors that the iPod Touch comes in, but conspicuously missing from the last uh, iPod Touch color refresh was product red. And they've done iPods and product red before and like gift cards and stuff, but never a phone. And I think they brought in gold um, to appeal to the Chinese market. I think I've never been to China, but you know when I picture the color palette of China, it's very red heavy. So yeah, I would like a red phone, please. Thank you. <laughs> we'll we'll get right on that. And now let's move on to our next question. Hey, it's all about this. In tonight's program, a supercar from a shed in Leicestershire. A rock star in our reasonably priced car. And how many motorbikes can you jump with a bus? If variety is to be believed, Apple wants to get in the original content game, going so far as to seek deals with the likes of Bill, Sports Guy Simmons, and the cast of Top Gear. Uh, let's help Apple out with a pitch for an original program you'd like to see coming straight out of Cupertino. And for bonus points, tell me, how many motorbikes do you think that you could jump with a bus? Um, let's start off with uh, Peter this time. Hmm. Well, I'd like to see a remake of The Odd Couple featuring Johnny Ive and Zach Galifianakis. Boom. (laughs) Outstanding. Susie. Okay, I think they should do a cooking show, but they won't tell you any of the ingredients. It's just a vague montage of some of the cooking process. It's narrated by a British person, and it definitely requires a bunch of fancy equipment that you absolutely don't own. Um, then you see some beauty shots of the finished product because it's really the experience that matters more than what goes into it. Um, the viewers can order the dish online, but you might want to wait until another website buys the food and tears it down to tell you what's actually inside. Uh, Andy. 
I really want to see a Columbo reboot starring Mark Ruffalo as Columbo. <laughs> And uh, uh, I, I've also I, I have thought this through. The, the, uh, the classic Columbo had like six episodes per season. My six killers for the first uh, for the first season would be Allison Jenny, Teller, uh-huh. Angela Lansbury, F. Murray Abraham, Raphael Sabarge, and Anna Paquin. You're listening to Columbo Talk, the new podcast from the Incomparable <laughs> Radio. I thought we could do a backdoor pilot. <laughs> David, finish off this question that I regret asking now. <laughs> well, I have a kind of serious answer. Oh, I mean, go, go I've ahead. Got, I've, got, I've got notebooks full of ideas, but, you know, they're, you know, how, how many hours do we have? Um, Very but, few. Yes. But I'd love to see them do something uh, that nobody else is doing right now. Uh, they could make a commitment to the arts that rivals what the Ford Foundation did in the 60s to, to build the regional theater uh, superstructure. I want to borrow a page from NT Live at the National Theater in London and do a series called Stage. Pick 12 theater companies from around the country, film one production from each of their seasons, do it well, you know, uh, because I, I just I think about the budget that goes into an hour-long dramatic show one episode of a dramatic show would cover most of the budget for an entire year's work at a major theater. So, you know, make a commitment to that. That helps build the theater. It helps get attention for it for theater arts in general. It brings new work into people's homes. Because I know so many playwrights who are working on TV for things like Law & Order SVU and How to Get Away with Murder and The Mentalist. And I look at what they're writing there and I think, Gee, you actually write good stuff for the stage. Um, so I'd like to see the good stuff, right? Um, of course, my backup series, Magnum P.I. Shame was sucking up to the host, and it paid off for you. <laughs> Let us check the, uh, the scoreboard. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, right now, uh, Peter Cohen, uh, a good effort with six points. He just trails Andy Anatko with seven, Susie Oaks with eight, David Lohr mysteriously ro- roaring into the lead with nine points. I don't know. Um, I don't think that will that will be the case. Beginner's luck. It's beginner's for much, luck. For Absolutely. much longer. It's, it's a long day. And it's our next question. A few weeks back at the Intel Developer Forum, I was headed to the restroom at Moscone West when I passed by Intel CEO Brian Krizanich. Sadly, I was too slow-witted to ask him a question, but I have a feeling that our our fast-thinking panel wouldn't have the same problem. What question should I have asked the Intel CEO as we passed each other in the hallway? David. What happened to the astronaut guys? I miss the astronaut guys. They, they were guys in bunny suits, but... Uh, <laughs> well, but either way. We'll accept that but, as an answer. Peter, what should I have asked Brian Krasanich? Did you wash your hands thoroughly? Boom. <laughs> did you use soap? <laughs> I did. I can't speak for, for him, but uh, th- those are very important questions. Intel employees should wash their hands before returning to work. Uh, Andy, what should I have asked Intel's CEO? Should I wait a minute before going in there? Also, does in, does does Intel have a really good plan for dealing with mobile because they don't have a lot of CPUs in phones right now and people are replacing them every two years and they're buying them like crazy and they're not buying Windows machines like crazy. Well, there you go. 
two questions, one of uh, greater uh, legitimacy than the other. I would say that the first was the most important. Susie. I wouldn't have known what to ask him either. I probably wouldn't have even recognized him. But I do know that a lot of computer companies are tapping their toes, waiting for those new chipsets to be available. So if you had both been heading to the bathroom, I hope you would have at least let him go ahead of you in line. Boom. There you go. Let's move on to our next question. And hopefully you're all still here to hear about this. Rovio recently slashed 30% of its workforce as interest in its Angry Birds game continues to flag. What's another one-time tech heavyweight looking a little long in the tooth? Let's start off with Andy on this question. I probably uh, There's probably a better answer, but I, I got to go with Sony. Boom. Given that years ago they were like they were they were Apple for consumer electronics. No matter what it is they made, if the Sony brand was on it, not only was it probably pretty well made, as so long as it's not a mini disc player, but it's cool and you loved having it. And now they're a great camera and optics company, but they don't have that kind of traction anywhere else. No. Peter, who is a tech heavyweight who's seen better days? Apple doomed. 2015 is the year of Linux on the desktop. Mark my words. And the phone. And all the things. Awesome. Terrific. I agree completely. Why are we even here? David. Does does Nintendo count as a tech heavyweight? They do. <laughs> okay, then. I'll say Nintendo. Because, you know, my kids loved the Wii. We got all kinds of games for it. We played it all the time. The Wii U came out. They could not care less. You know what's the game system we bought most recently? A GameCube. My son saved up for a GameCube because A, it was an antique, and B, it originally came out the day after he was born. So he likes the idea of being an antique. <laughs> Poor kid, he's already nostalgic yeah, for his youth. I know. He's 13! You're not supposed to get into that crap until you're 38. That's right. <laughs> yeah, buying a Lego set with a, with a robot on it. Let's uh, finish off this question with Susie. Um, I'm going to say Twitter. It's uh, it's very, very young, but it did an IPO at 41, and now it's at 28, and I don't know about business, but I know that that's not good. And it's really hard to attract new users in mass without completely alienating the longtime users you already have. So, I mean, whoever takes this over really has quite a job in front of them. All right. Let us go to the next question, I think. Speaking to the Guardian newspaper, Oliver Shusher, vice president of iTunes International for Apple, conceded, quote, we still have a bit of homework to be done, end quote, to improve the newly launched Apple Music streaming service. When's the last time a tech ex executive had you saying, no kidding? Let's uh, go back to Susie for this answer. And I'm going to go right back to Twitter and call out Boom. former Twitter CEO Dick Costolo for saying they suck at dealing with abuse. Like, duh, we all know that, especially the, you know, XX chromosomed friends of mine out there on Twitter. Shout out. Mm. <laughs> Shout out to more than half the population. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, David. I, I will also go to Twitter. Um, that was one of the two quotes Extra that I bonus had. point for Susie. Yay! <laughs> The, the other quote that I had was from the end of May, where uh, Dick Costolo said, Oh, the board and I are completely in sync. Believe me, I don't worry about job security at all. And two, two weeks later, he was gone. Well, now he doesn't worry about job security. That, that's true. So, Peter, who, uh, uh, 
who should the thing with the quote and the stuff? Go ahead. I don't even know what question we're on. I, I, you know what? My my answer here was Dick Costolo. I think that he is. Oh my our, gosh! He is, he is the pundit showdown pinata today. Uh, oh. I am just adding points to Susie. Uh, congratulations, Susie, on your victory. Andy, how do you want to make fun of Dick Costello today? <laughs> well, that's kind of a silly shade of blue. Uh, <laughs> for Twitter, I mean. Uh, I, I actually was going to say, uh, in, in keeping with the with the original quote, I have to go with recently Motorola uh, announcing the new Moto X uh, uh, phone, saying that, okay, I know that the first camera was absolute crap, and the second camera was still crap, but at least it didn't stink up the whole room. We promise you, <laughs> after three generations, we're finally giving you a camera that's not crap. It's like, yeah, we, we were aware of how bad the cameras were, uh, <laughs> but thank you. I think it's adorable that you're still telling us that you're making the cameras better. We'll, we'll, we're hoping, fingers crossed, but yeah. Let's go to the big board. Show me some love! Uh, Peter Cohen still bringing up the rear today with 13 points. Uh, a lot of daylight between him and Andy Anako and David Lohr in second with 16. Susie Oaks, hey, at last Twitter has done something for you, Susie. It's it's vaulted you into the lead with 17. <laughs> Ladies! Okay, <laughs> next question is all about this. Hey, kid, some 100 bucks. Will you help save the clock tower? Nice. Sorry, no. Come on, kid. That's an important historical landmark. Look some other time. Lightning struck that thing 60 years ago. Wait a minute. Cubs win World Series against Miami? Yeah, something, huh? Who would have thought? Hundreds of one shot. I wish I could go back to the beginning of the season, put some money on the Cubs. With a month left in the Major League Baseball season, the Chicago Cubs are on pace for a postseason berth and, perhaps... The world championship that has eluded them every season since 1908. But this shouldn't be surprising, as it was foretold in the movie Back to the Future 2. What's another instance where pop culture correctly predicted the future? Let's ask the playwright. That's well, you, David. I've... Oh, in case oh. you forgot. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, well, I have a couple. Uh, the Simpsons predicted a future 21st century where Trump was running for president. Uh, you have all the AT&T ads with Tom Selleck asking if you faxed from the beach, which is, like, one of the few things that didn't happen. Um, the pilot for the X-Files spinoff The Lone Gunman, which aired in March of 2001, was about a plot to hijack a plane and fly it into the World Trade Center. Well, that is a bummer. Thank you for saving that one <laughs> Yeah, for the end. Uh, and- Andy, bum us out some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go all the way back to 1957, a movie called Desk Set with uh, Hepburn and Tracy, uh, where uh, Spencer Tracy is the engineer who designed the supercomputer called Emirac. Uh, Hepburn is the head of a research department for uh, a national like radio and TV network. So every time like some game show or some executive needs figures on well, what, what kind of car does the Sultan of Brunei drive, she will be able to use the one who finds out what you know does the fact checking. And the great, the, the whole part of the story is that they.
they think that Amarac is going to dis- is going to take the entire place of the research department, but it turns out to be more like Google, where it has all the information from the research department, but Boom. if you just ask it a question, it'll just give you sort of like random nonsense. There, uh, uh, Hepburn is is really important now because she knows how to ask the question to get the answer from this data bank, but now she gets it in ten seconds instead of ten minutes. Oh wow! He's all the right. Amarac whisperer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bonus point for Peter there. Uh, Peter, God, I need it. what is your answer? You know, the older I get, the more I can relate to Max Hedrum. The not the character of Max Hedrum, but just the show Blipverts, the, you know, dozens, hundreds of channels and people fighting for uh, – uh, for, uh, um, for, for, for control of the airwaves. My life's goal is still to be Blank Reg, broadcasting a pirate TV signal from a camper van somewhere on the edge of the wasteland. And we, we, we also, that is our lifelong dream too, to see you broadcasting from, from a wasteland. Susie! Uh, can, 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 I, can, I, can I give an answer and give my, if there are points, give them to Peter because that's a brilliant pick that he made? Max Headroom, uh, uh, the the actual uh, reporter that Max Headroom is like spawned from is like the epitome of the modern journalist because he simply has a device in the form of a camera that can uplink stories directly to the people. And his job is simply to go out and find stories and file them basically without the intervention of the entire network. That is the perfect look forward into what journalism in 2015 would be like. Extra point for Peter, point off for Andy. Okay. Susie. Okay. Happily. Happily, it's 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 all about the discourse that I'm I'm into. All right, Susie, you're not Andy. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Back to the Future too, because obviously that was the same movie that predicted hoverboards, um, and hoverboards still aren't as cheap and effective as I'd like them to be. But I keep seeing that one non-hovering piece of crap that people keep calling a hoverboard. I keep seeing it around Soma lately. So thanks a lot, movies. Um, But hopefully the other thing that the movies got right that we haven't found out yet um, is that bad aliens can be defeated by Will Smith and a floppy disk. And I hope that's true or we might be in trouble like when the aliens come. That would be Independence Day, listener, for those of you not up on your uh, the the hottest hits of 1996. So let's move on <laughs> to our reader question. It comes from a frequent uh, uh, submitter, Sean Desenio, and one day I'll even pronounce his name right when I uh, read it off on the air. He wants to know, and uh, this is inspired by a question he asks, Sphero just released a miniature working version of the BB-8 droid from the upcoming Star Wars sequel. What's a movie tie-in you'd like to see a tech company produce? Um, Peter. I think someone should make a drone inspired by the killer chrome ball from the 1979 cult horror movie Phantasm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Secondarily, I'd also take the baby Brontos in the petting zoo in Jurassic World. Absolutely. Uh, David. I'm still waiting for a Brang t-shirt from Pixar's Inside Out, but, but that's not a real tech product. Uh, I'd kind of like a transporter. Uh, I've said that for years. But if I'm being realistic, I want a GPS system with William Daniels' voice and an infinite amount of dialogue beyond actual street directions. (laughs) Bonus points if it sings anything from 1776. Extra bonus points if I can turn that off. (laughs) Point restored. (laughs) Andy. Uh, I want iRobot to make a a Roomba that looks like Wally. So while it's just like just happily like collecting the trash off of the the, the grit, it's actually just looking like Wally and occasionally like looking around at things. I think that the Pixar people will get right on that. Susie, 
Um, it's totally not fair that the kids now have Star Wars toys that are actually you know, like real working droids instead of just, you know, like the plastic things that we played with, even though those were clearly awesome as well. So, I mean, just looking at Star Wars, I mean, we've got the holographic chess set. I totally want one of those. A speeder, a protocol droid. Um, and then R2-D2 with Jabba's barge drink serving expansion pack. I, I love that protocol droid was on your wish list there. Um, you know, ethics and, and protocol. Oh, sure. Uh, sure, absolutely. And a special shout out um, to the um, the old lightsaber, which was just this hollowed out tube of plastic that as you wave, the airwaves would go through it and make kind of a sound that didn't sound like a lightsaber at all. Hey, let's move on. And um, our next question is all about this. How are we going to communicate this? We don't want to carry around a mouse, right? So what are we going to do? Oh, a stylus, right? We're going to use a stylus. No. No. Who wants a stylus? You have to get them and put them away and you lose them. Yuck. Nobody wants a stylus. No, nobody wants a stylus at all. Uh, Steve Jobs once famously derided the stylus as an input tool from mobile devices. Now it looks like Apple might be adding one to the rumored iPad Pro. What's another long-standing Apple directive the company needs to revisit? Susie, why don't you start us off? Um, the thing that I really want that they'll never do is an Amazon instant app on the Apple TV. I mean, maybe the, the SDK coming out, maybe. Um, but more realistically, a 30% cut on subscriptions purchased via apps. They should think about not doing that because there's some suckers out there that are paying more every single month for stuff like Spotify and Hulu Plus, And that's just lame. Lame indeed. Andy. Uh, making everything thinner and thinner and thinner. Uh, because you can make the camera on the iPhone much better if you made the case a little bit thicker. Also, the keyboard on the new MacBook, which is the only thing that people kind of universally don't like. If you made this device another three millimeters thicker and made it a better keyboard, I don't think anybody would complain about that. David. No more wire hangers. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll um, give you a point for it anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe the idea that iTunes is a good piece of software. Um, or, or, and this this is for my wife. The idea that nobody wants a large iPad, like a ten to twelve inch iPad, she would kill for one of those. Like the iPad Pro, which is the very premise of this question, Peter. <laughs> you know, enough with the surprise and delight nonsense. It's time for Apple to get with the rest of the tech industry and start, start disgusting and disappointing instead. Boom. <laughs> Outstanding, Peter. You are finishing strongly. Do you want to know the scores? I'll tell you the scores. Susie, David, tied for first. Peter, just behind them. Andy, just behind Peter. All to play for as we go into the last couple of questions. And our next question is the golden envelope question. Match my answer, and you'll get 10 bonus points almost assuredly. At this point, a spot in the finals. The question is, having already turned his eye towards Scientology, Enron, WikiLeaks, and Frank Sinatra, documentarian Alex Gibney is now taking on Steve Jobs in the new release, The Man in the Machine. Since we have publicly sworn off questions about Steve Jobs' movies on this show, tell me, who in the world of tech would you like to see a documentary about? Uh, Peter, let's start off with you this time. I'd like to see Gibney uh, do an expose entitled AOL Shingy, Performance Art or Genetic Tinkering Gone Horribly Wrong. <laughs> that is my favorite answer of all time. So, 
Um, Andy, top that. Uh, actually, mine's a serious answer. I cool. want Margaret Hamilton, the lead software engineer for the Apollo Guidance System. Because she was this 31-year-old woman who probably she, – she invented things like how do you – how does a computer handle like buffer overflows and do cycle stealing from other processes? If you listen to the recordings of the actual Apollo 11 landing, you hear uh, like Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, oh, 1201 alarm, 1201 alarm. That's like the – that's what – that's how she saved the landing because that was the computer saying, hi, I'm really overloaded with stuff right now, but I'm going to just focus on the stuff like landing and not killing people. Don't worry about it, but realize that I'm not going to be able to finish your free cell game right now. Uh, Susie. Um, I missed the, the word documentary in there, so I've been dreaming of um, Sharknado-type thrillers. And <laughs> the one I really, really want to see is called Jeff Bezos versus the Breakfast Octopus. Ooh, I would <laughs> rate that in a heartbeat. No, that's worth an extra point. <laughs> Misunderstanding the question aside, hey, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> Breakfast Octopus, give it a try. David! Well, Andy kind of hit on my serious answer, uh, but I'd, I'd widen it out to I'd widen it out to all the women who's who's who have been important in the tech industry who we have never heard of, because there's got to be more than one, right? Boom. And barring that, I would like to see the story of fake Johnny Ive. Well, after after uh, Andy and David's answer, my my golden envelope. Uh, uh, answer seems really dumb because I said Arthur Rock, who uh, uh, was a uh, venture capitalist who really uh, uh, created Silicon Valley. You mostly know him if you saw the terrible Ashton Kutcher, uh, Steve Jobs <laughs> movie as the villain of the piece. He was the uh, chairman of Apple uh, back when Steve Jobs was was canned. So uh, I think there's there's obviously more to the story than that. He landed on the cover of Time magazine back in the day. So uh, documentary about him, please. Plus he was a member of the Traitorous Eight, and that sounds cool. So that's our that's our <laughs> that's a, that's uh, a Tarantino film. Hmm? That's a Tarantino film waiting to happen. Yeah, it is. It's a t- Tarantino meets high tech. I I would watch that. Our final question: A recent profile of Amazon by the New York Times painted a picture of what Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos called quote a soulless dystopian workplace where no fun is had and no laughter heard, at least not until the breakfast octopus shows up. (laughs) Panelists, please share your worst on-the-job experience, and for the love of God, do not make it about your current employer. I I shouldn't have to say that. I fear that if I didn't say that, someone would would actually talk about that. Um, Let's start with the person who needs the points the most, Andy. I, I self-validate. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, my, my worst job experience was probably the time when uh, I was speaking on one of these Mac Geek cruises where it's a week-long cruise to beautiful places. And when the ship is on is at sea, there are classes on like uh, Photoshop and Mac and stuff like that. Uh, they had put all of my panels on one day. So I was speaking from 8.30 in the morning until like 5.30, 6 o'clock at night with only like a break for lunch. And because of lots of things happening, including like a ship alarm and time zone changes, I had to do it on one and a half hours of Boom. sleep. That was not good. On, on your cruise ship. On a cruise ship. 
Yes. <laughs> just just wanted to point that out. So 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 you're right. There there was a, there was a chance at norovirus. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> Not in a coal mine, but on a cruise ship. Um, Peter. Well, one time after a round of layoffs, uh, my department head's idea of a motivational speech was to gather us in a uh, tiny conference room that was too small for all of us, had no ventilation and no windows, and to invoke Quintus Arias from Ben Hur and give you the and gave us the "We keep you alive to serve this ship." Roll well and live speech. Boom. That is fantastic. David. Well, back in 1989, I worked at a store called Record World. I don't know if you remember Record World, but this was at the point where they pretty much only had CDs and cassette tapes. So Record World. And I had been working there for about a month and a half. And suddenly the manager quit, the assistant manager quit, and I was immediately promoted to manager. Uh, but there were nobody, no other employees, so I got to work an 80-hour week, at the end of which I totaled a car. I walked away from it. I mean, it's just it bent the frame, so it's not like totaling a car. But I totaled a car and never went back to Record World. Boom. But were you on a cruise ship? Yes. Okay. How do you think I totaled the car? <laughs> it was a cruise ship of the mind. It was it was on the Lido deck. Susie, your worst, uh, your worst uh, uh, on-the-job experience. Well, I mean, that's a really depressing question. Cause <laughs> yeah, well, we, we like to end with a good laugh here. Yeah, hats off, Phil. That's uh, They're all layoff-related, so I'm going to try to pick another one that isn't layoff-related. Um, I had a couple, like, sort of... Um, moments where I thought I was going to get kicked out of Apple events, and those were both really scary. Um, that time that the Wi-Fi wasn't working at Moscone West, and they made everyone stop live blogging and stuff, I was live blogging for MacLife, and I was wearing a t-shirt that said MacLife right across the front, and I was in the front row of the press section, so all the PR people could see me. And I was using a 3G modem, so it wasn't actually creating a hotspot, but I, I still like I stopped live blogging for uh, like a couple minutes during the demo, and then I I like, you know, tried to sneak my laptop screen open again and start live blogging again. And this PR lady like saw me, saw my shirt, pulled up her phone, saw that I was still tweeting and she came over and just yelled at me and I felt so awful and I, I closed it up again and everyone at my office was freaking out because the live blog had just died. And then she came back over a few minutes later being like, wait, that's 3G, isn't it? And I'm like, yes, yes, it's 3G, it's 3G, please don't kill me. So I got to open my laptop and keep working. And uh, and then another time I was at uh, um, a town hall in Cupertino, which is so small, you can like count, you know, Steve Jobs eyelashes while he's talking. They're such a small room. And the guy next to me hadn't turned off his awesome. phone. And it rang and Steve Jobs looked at us with the like, dagger eyes. And I was trying to like kind of point at the guy next to me without seeing. It was so <laughs> let it ring like three times. I'm like, dude, they're going to kill us all. They're going to kill us all. Turn your phone off. It was awful. Well, that is that is fantastic tales from live covering Apple <laughs> events. I, uh, you know, my uh, I'll share my work experience that's not covered by a non disparagement clause. Um, <laughs> I was um, uh, at a Burger King. I worked for Burger King uh, in 1987. Uh, employee of the month, uh, September 1987, at the San Ramon Burger King. You could look it up. And one time, I was asked to go clean up a milkshake uh, that was spilled on the floor. And indeed, it it was a milkshake um, at one point, but it had gone places before leaving the after leaving the cup before no. hitting the floor yeah well <laughs> and that's when i realized that hey let's work on this journalism career so uh with that a decision that phil has regretted ever since oh yeah <laughs> if i could be back at the burger king right now i i got a jacket for being employee of the month 
Burger King windbreaker. Anyhow, <laughs> the scores. Uh, Peter rallied at the end, uh, tying Andy Anatko with 27 points. Neither one made the final, however. We have a first place tie. What? Yeah? I'm as shocked as you with 29 points. David Lohr and Susie Oaks are both in the final. The final Up that we like down. to call Defend the Indefensible. I'm going to read a statement, and both uh, uh, panelists will have to defend their statement. It's a terrible thing that I'm about to read, but they have to agree with every word I say for 20 seconds. Um, and the person who defends their argument the best will be our champion. Um, David, you're the first timer here. Would you like to go first or second since you finished level um, I I think I will go first. Okay. Get it out of the way. All right, David. When I say I, I mean you, David Lore. Yes. If those Amazon employees think they had to suffer hardships, wait until they hear about the time I had to wait longer than 48 hours to get my shipment of an Adam Sandler DVD. Well, I mean, Adam Sandler, what what can you expect? You have to see it now. And, I, and you know, maybe it's something that isn't on Netflix, it isn't streaming, it isn't torrented because it's not out yet. But, you know, it's on the DVD, and the DVD is coming. And by God, they promised it was going to be here in two days. I even paid for the expedited shipping to get it in one day. I wish they had the hour-long shipping. All right. Very good. (laughs) A tough mountain to climb for Susie Susie Oaks. (laughs) Susie, are you ready? I am. All right. This year, I, Susie Oaks, hope you too returns to end the Apple event, only this time it's to announce they'll be deleting songs at random from my music library. Well, I mean, that's kind of the future now. I mean, it's everyone's streaming, so your music library isn't really yours. It's someone else's. And, you know, it's it's the, it's all about curation. Um, you know, the Internet's very big. There's a lot of music out there. And don't you want an expert to pick out your music and make your playlists and tell you what you should be listening to at any given time? Why not Bono? I mean, he's got cool sunglasses. He's awesome. been around the music. All right. Why not Bono? Our winner is Susie Oaks. Plus, we can't let Laura win on his first time out. That would, <laughs> that would disgrace people. No, Susie, you're the winner. Thank you. Thank you. An honor. So it just leaves me to thank our panelists today, the champion Susie Oaks, the runner-up David Lore, the participants, Peter Cohen and Andy Anatko. <laughs> thank you Trophies all, all around. Thank you all for, for coming. Yes trophies all around thank you all for 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 coming on the show today as i hit the wrong buttons on my soundboard i'm philip michaels we'll be back the next time with another pundit showdown boom